everyone, and welcome to episode number 70 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined here by Bera. Hi, everybody. And Tristan. Granted the rank of master, but not given a seat on the council. (laughs) (laughs) The Spoiler Cast is your look at uh, a recent game or movie or TV series that we've been experiencing. um, For good uh, or ill. What's that? For good Good or or ill. ill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about it in depth, so this is your spoiler warning. Um, today's episode, as you can likely tell by the title or by searching it, uh, is Rise of Skywalker, the ninth movie in the Star Wars, I guess, series. Not if you don't include the Star Wars stories and other, mm-hmm. other media out there. Technically, they're calling this the Skywalker Saga. It's kind of like an yes. amount of retroactive... Uh, turning this into like kind of this like long arc where people supposedly knew what they were doing they Um, totally didn't but we'll get into that no no and to be fair that's been the case for even like the original good trilogy um but still it's like it's it's they're basically attaching a a larger uh, this 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 name to the rise of skywalker the the rise of skywalker is like the end of the skywalker saga for some reason better uh, and for some reason, Rogue One. But within that context, Rogue One is in, and the Han Solo movie are in canon, but not part of that. Similarly, with the Mandalorian and some of the cartoons, I think are canon. Uh, it's it's a little confusing how they are doing stuff. But Star Wars has always been confusing. Anyways, Dan, back to you. Speaking of confusing. Let's just jump right into it. And talk about, <laughs> let's as, let's as, hyperspace as, skip. <laughs> as, as the director and writer, J.J. Abrams, did, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. And start talking about Rise of Skywalker and what we all thought about the movie. Maybe let's start with like initial thoughts. Um, I'll pu- push it over to y'all, and then we can go from there okay. to more specific things. It didn't make me as angry with its blasphemy as Last Jedi did I'm just disappointed severely severely disappointed Uh, and coming from an entirely different perspective as someone for whom The Last Jedi was actually his favorite Star Wars movie Um, and yes I know Empire Empire is Blasphemer Empire is objectively a better movie or I think I could see the argument for Empire being a better movie and it is, probably. But TLJ was by far the most fun I've ever had in a Star Wars movie. And I was really excited for the movie that was going to be the sequel to that movie. And, like, really excited for it. I love the ideas that TLJ did. We'll get into that. I love the tone, etc. And I also like The Force Awakens, by the way. Um, they, both of those movies I really enjoyed. And then this king came out, and it was the most disappointed I've ever feel, felt exiting a Star Wars movie. Uh, and I, Adas is someone who does not like the prequels. I actually think even though Revenge of the Sith is better than Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace, it's pretty much, you're grading it on a curve. And you're grading on a curve of like movies that don't feel like Star Wars and are not particularly good. But that being said, this movie was far more disappointing to me because after The Phantom Menace, I pretty much... Or maybe it was after Attack of the Clones. At some point, I pretty much just was resigned 
barbicade to like this is not Star Wars. This doesn't do it for me. This doesn't. This is not good. So I had two movies where I felt this was Star Wars and this is good, and then this pile of stinking mess goes at my feet, and I'm just sad. So I will come forward and say that, in my opinion, now the prequel trilogy is now no longer the worst Star Wars trilogy. Because the prequel trilogy, for everything it did wrong, for every single one of its flaws, at least it had a plan, and at least it followed and executed that plan, and at least it was willing to give the dark moments their due. Unlike Last Jedi, where we can't have any emotionally charged or dark moment without, oh, random something comedic happening, look at the Porgs! Look, they're being silly in this dramatic, tense moment. I love the porks, man. <laughs> what did you? What do you think of Tross, Dan? Um, I was like, Tross. What are you talking about? No, I, I get it now. Uh, I think my my high level abstract or my abstract on this movie is, and this trilogy in general, since we've gone there, is that I think this trilogy has a lot of really, really cool ideas throughout the three uh, the three episodes but i think that disney is to blame for not managing it with one set of directors and writers and kind of allowing it to go, go all over the place um i think i like a lot of the ideas and concepts that are raised or closed in this movie the last jedi and the force awakens more than i actually like how they're executed um does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that you can make, you can I think you can definitely make an argument for the stuff that is put forward in The Rise of Skywalker as a as having could potentially have been a good oh, it could have potentially been a good movie. Um and I say this as someone who like the stuff that they put forward is in it like just like the good stuff that he put forward is very different from the stuff in The Last Jedi, so it still would have been disappointing to me that they didn't get me an actual sequel to that movie. But that being said, the if executed well, the stuff in The Rise of Skywalker could have been really good and fun. And the way I think of it is this: um, I think that the I think that it should have either been two movies. Where, oh, it should have it should have been two movies. Yeah, I, I definitely think two uh, movies is where you're is where you're at w would have made it a lot better because you had to transition from the themes and tone and world of TLJ to where you get at the end of this movie, which are just so radically different that you would like you whiplash into this. So, or it should have been one movie and J.J. Abrams or should have done the middle movie and there's no TLJ or you should have just made an actual sequel to TLJ any of those three things would have resulted in a far better movie right. like two movies to transition from this from TLJ to this one movie that oh two movies with no TLJ in the middle so it's just like you know like a, a more continuity between them or just actually take so. the movie that TLJ is gonna be which I'd like to talk about it gets towards the end of this thing and get a oh well, go, well and give it a sequel, but in this way it was just two movies mashed into one, with no regard for what came before it, and it was a mess. Well, here, here's the problem though is that is that 
So, JJ comes in, does Force Awakened, and originally had no plans on doing anything else with Star Wars. So JJ's like, okay, I got you guys started. I set up all these cool ideas. You know, there's some cool mysteries here, like, who were Ray's parents? Where did Snoke come from? I've hinted at a lot of this stuff. You know, what actually, you know, what went down with Luke and who are the Knights of Ren and all this, you know, all these things. So I've got this great groundwork for you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go off and do something else. <laughs> and then Ryan Johnson comes in and throws all of that in the garbage. Uh-huh. But is that, but Tristan, do you think that's well, Ryan Johnson's on, fault or do you think that's Disney's fault? So, so here's the problem is that we don't know how much fault lies with whom. Um, though I will say uh, Ryan, Ryan Johnson has not endeared himself to me as a filmmaker through his quotes afterwards. Uh, and I'm concerned he says that there's nothing wrong with Last Jedi at all and there's nothing he would change about it. Um, and because- but then... Then when you piss off the fandom to that extent, because Last Jedi pissed off the vast majority of the fandom. I take issue with that. There was a they pissed off enough of the fandom that they had to bring back JJ and basically retcon the movie. Okay, here's the thing. I think that there is a very there is a vocal minority. Of there is not a vocal like minority. It. There is a vocal majority. I do, like audience scores coming out of the movie were very high. You got $1.3 billion of that movie made. So here's you got 91% credit rating. So here's the thing. What site are you using? Rotten Tomatoes? Because guess what? They've basically confirmed that Disney is buying ratings on Rotten Tomatoes because the CEO of Rotten Tomatoes is a major shareholder in Disney. And Rise of Skywalker's, uh, Rise of Skywalker's audience score hasn't budged despite the addition of 5, 000, over 5,000 new reviews. Uh, uh, after opening weekend, but the thing is, is that the lo- so, so you cannot the, trust. Okay, so the tomato reader of Rotten Tomatoes is ninety for of ninety one percent. There is based off of ninety one percent of positive critical reviews, which you know, I mean, we could physically audit that, but the vast majority of critics who reviewed that movie loved the Last Jedi, and the audience score rating was from something that was was a, uh, I don't for I forget the exact thing of it but it was it's something that you do for exit scores for 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 most movies in general and just like from people for most of the people most of the people i know were either like positive uh, i would say the majority of the people were either positive or neutral on the last jedi and there was a vocal minority to it and i live in pretty nerdy spaces so i don't like i i think that in many ways chasing a shibboleth of um of like this fan backlash was one of the reasons why this movie ended up pretty terribly yeah I, I think it's i think it's a divisive thing right i mean bear you're pretty strongly in the last jedi camp Tristan, you're not i'm i'm somewhere in the middle where i really liked the movie itself i liked the risks it took and i liked the ideas that it had but it feels it felt at the time a little out of place with the first one the force awakens and now with this Rise of Skywalker movie, it really feels like uh, it really feels out of place. And I, and for to me, I know I asked the question as a leading question there, Tristan. But to me, I, I blame Disney. I, I feel like 
Oh, Disney. They needed to have a. They needed to have a plan. Oh yeah. If 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 what you're saying is true about J.J. Abrams just walking out, they need after the first movie, they needed to have a story ready to go, at least high level beats, that yeah. had to get carried from from episode to episode. And the fact that Ryan Johnson didn't capture any of those, to me, tells me that they didn't have a plan. Oh no, they because totally they would did have... not. They totally did not. Yeah. This is all on Disney and Lucasfilm. Right. Like right. Like Disney, you have so Star Wars is probably the single largest intellectual property on the planet. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say. I can't think of any other intellectual properties that have spawned legitimately recognized religions. Uh, I think the Marvel. I I think that at this point the Marvel movies might be bigger, but may, the main reason why I think that is is because they've had ten years of nonstop growth. Also, they play a lot better in China. I mean, let's yes. be real here. One of the one of the issues with Star Wars, and I think with the way Disney stuff is that like Star Wars is like deity level in the states. It's medium over in China, which is a huge part of box office. And another thing that I think is why, in terms of like, I also blame Disney is is that Disney saw the once in a lifetime crazy money numbers of the Force Awakens. And they thought that was replicable. Right. They Here's the thing. have then tried to chase the dragon, and it has failed constantly. And I believe that, I think when all is said and done, Tross is actually going to make less money than the last Oh, Jedi. it already has. It's actually trending 20% less in the States than, than Last Jedi did. And it has bombed in China. Yeah. Uh, they're predicting it will only make 12 million lifespan in China. Because yeah. no one's seeing it. The simple fact, though, is that is that Disney, Lucasfilm, like, Disney, you buy the single largest IP on the fucking planet, and you go into it with a very devoted fan base, and you go into it with no plan whatsoever. No plan at all for where you want to take this storyline. But you... For the love of God, no, you have to bank off nostalgia, which is why we have to have a sequel trilogy. Rather than mm-hmm. no, we can't let we can't let what came before sit. We can't let it just be alone. No. Do you know why people are pissed off at these movies, with especially Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker? It's because you took our heroes, you nullified their accomplishments, you turned them into jackasses, and then killed them off. So that is how you piss off a fandom. So I think that what I what I think is interesting ab- about Disney's approach here is is that I think that between the f- that they were actually t- what they were trying to do was they were trying to replicate the original trilogy magic down to the way the original trilogy had three different directors as well. Like, right, but the, even with three different directors, there was still at least one creative person helming them, which was Lucas. Uh, right. Th- right. There is a lot of who at least was connected to them. There, so, so, so I'm I'm going to say something kind of bold, which is is that from what I know about the production of those three movies, oh. there there was a lot a lot of it was done by the seat of the pants. There was a lot oh, of yeah. things that was changed. The three different directors definitely. <laughs> create like different different feelings it was um oh no no there, there is no grand plan the only reason why the three movies fit together so well 
is isn't because of planning, but because people built off of what was there beforehand, and because you were having very and because you were having skilled because you were having skilled people. Right. No, uh, no, those movies were very much saved in the edit, and the big problem with the prequels was that there was no one there to tell Lucas, "No, that's stupid." Right. And the I think that there these two and you know I think that the cautionary tale from the prequels is that you can have a giant plan, but if it's dumb. And also, if it doesn't like have really capture the essential feelings of what makes a property good, and it also if it's the newness doesn't actually add something to it, it's nothing's really going to come from it. Uh, and what what I would say about this uh, is is that I think Disney in many ways tried to do something like the original trilogy with the three directors, and then when they lost Colin Trevorrow slash fired him because of the. Uh, coming up with that that crazy movie where like the person dies and then tells his the genius kid tells his mom how to assassinate their child molester neighbor um the book of henry like it was it bombed and i think it, it and conventional wisdom is that's why they went away from him it may have also been because they got scared from re, about re, what rian johnson had done so they figured okay let's just play it safe and they they then tried to i guess put the genie back into the bottle and try to make it more like a Marvel movie with a condensed vision where I think that it would have been better if they'd stuck to their nerve and either let Colin Trevorrow and let Colin Trevorrow do it um, or let somebody else do it. So then you have, okay, here's a third person build on what was given to you beforehand. And then that'll be your star Wars movie. And I think that that would have been ultimately more satisfying because, you know, the return of the Je return of the Jedi is not as good a movie as empire but it's still building on what Empire had. And when you build a tower on top of what is happening beforehand, where there's like a through line, that makes a lot more sense than when you have like peace, peace, and then a giant zigzag at the end. And that's yeah. why you created the worst of both. So I, I can see their initial logic of not having a plan, but they then just like, but that only works if you then stick to stick it in the end, if that makes sense. Here, here's and here's here's my thing. What what also really gets me, and what gave me a middle little mini aneurysm, was two months ago, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who was the head of the president of Lucasfilm, uh, had an interview with Rolling Stone. and if the if Rolling Stone would stop trying to screw me over here. Um, for those of you who aren't in the know, Disney decided that everything that came beforehand, when they came out with Force Awakens, they said that everything that came beforehand in terms of books, comics, games, what have you, was no longer part of this established Star Wars universe. They cut it off, split it off, made it what they called Legends. Now, I can understand doing that. Yeah. I can understand doing that. There is there was a lot of stuff there. Some of it was really good. A lot of it was really bad. A lot of it was contradictory. And you're going to want a fresh start there. What I can't forgive is not taking the best parts of what you have. Because you own all of that. Because you own Lucasfilm. And, and all of that was tied under Lucasfilm and part of the Star Wars IP. Because that's what, that's what they did with the Marvel Universe. They didn't, like, totally adapt specific books. 
but they took the themes, they took the characters, they took sort of like they cherry picked parts that would work well, and use that. And so, what I can't forgive is not doing that with Star Wars. So, uh, Dan, you wanted to say something? I, oh, I, I see your hand. Oh, thanks. I, I, I'm so, oh, I, I actually Tristan kind of covered it a little bit, but mm-hmm. basically, he when he talked about Kathleen Kennedy, to me, Kathleen is the person who is the the common link between the three movies as a producer. Yeah. On all three of those films, so I, I kind of lean on her. Mm-hmm. Yep. To. Well, I like to to help write the ship. The the other thing I was gonna say that I, I, it just came back to me is I've always looked at the original trilogy as not really not exactly a mistake. But, like, the first movie is A New Hope is kind of its own siloed story, but it leaves it open-ended at the end Mm -hmm. where you could take it somewhere. But it really is a cohesive individual movie. Right. And then the next two movies were, oh, this is really popular. It almost feels like a two-parter between Empire and Return. Yeah. Um, So even if you go with that, which I don't think you should because we know Star Wars is popular now. Disney just bought you for billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, Is... You know, if you're going to go for a one and then two parter or even a three parter, you have to make sure there's continuity somewhere. And I just right. didn't feel like there was any. Yeah, um, yeah. Between the movies, but um, what I just want to get onto is the, this art, this interview, which is what when I read it, it gave me a little mini aneurysm. So th- again, this is from Rolling Stone. This is not from some crack fan site. This is not from some like random Reddit. You can find this on Rolling Stone's website mm-hmm. in this interview. Um, it, and the, the interview starts with the question, uh, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow was slated to write and direct episode 9 before you brought J.J. Abrams back in. Is this final entry in the trilogy a particularly hard nut to crack? This is her response. Her words. Every one of these movies is a particularly hard nut to crack. There's no source material. We don't have comic books. We don't have 800-page novels. We don't have anything other than passionate storytellers who get together and talk about what the next iteration might be. And that gave me a little little mini aneurysm. Because, first of all, do you have any idea how creatively bankrupt you sound? Saying there's nothing to adapt. You don't have to adapt. That's what you hire writers for. That's what you have a good writing staff for. And then second of all, there's no source material. There's tons of it. So you just decided not to use any so, of it. So 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 here here is what it comes down and I'm going to be the first to say that like I have not did not read the EU books. Like I I followed them through like you know through I through a number of Wikipedia journeys and stuff etc. I've there's a number of com- I've read some comics but for the and I know some of the vague outlines. I've heard the Thrawn stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Uh the stu- there was actually something in the EU that I really wished for, like, the final baddie thing that they'd done for this movie that they just adapted instead of the stupid ar- secret army of Star Destroyers that, like, destroyed my suspension of disbelief. Are you talking and about I- bringing back Thrawn and the Katana fleet? No, I was just referring to that, you know... So in this movie, spoilers, Palpatine comes back, but you find this out in the, in, in the, in the first thing. Because none of our characters from the previous from any of the previous movies can ever have actually accomplished anything. And Palpatine not only comes back, but um, Ben Solo's like going, the Kylo Ren's gonna go kill him, and he's like, listen, I, you don't kill me, because I could offer you the greatest fleet ever. And then literally a giant fleet of Star Destroyers goes up from the secret planet's ice, somehow fully crewed, 
and it's just like it, it's literally like blocking out the sky with star destroyers. Yeah. Oh, and, and I'll then, get into I'll get into the stupidity there. And then he's like, "Oh, but by the way, you got to do it." Yeah. Uh, then what ended up happening was is that you also find out that the star destroyers each are equipped with a planet killing weapon. And that was when I, that was the exact moment in the theater where I legitimately said out loud, "No, God, not like this." Yeah. Um, so dumb. And the way that you could have actually made this somewhat work if you were really going to bring back the Emperor here. Um, And again, when I say, like, my suspension of disbelief is thrown out, like, I am not a pedantic person. I do not, like, it is fine if you have problems with the Holdo maneuver. It's fine if, like, you know, you take issue with bombs falling in space in Star Wars. For me, as long as the story moves forward and it seems somewhat internally consistent, I can go with it. There, but so, but a secret fleet of star destroyers that suddenly are just like magically crewed to this place that like you can't get to without a special key—that was stupid. That's it's super dumb. That was just that's they just are, stupid. They are, they're all equipped with planet busters because of course they are. Uh, heaven forbid you just have a fleet of a thousand capital ships without an obviously exploitable weak point. Uh, that is a huge. Huge power in and of itself. No, you don't be- need planet busters. You can just park them around a planet and turn the surface to glass. The other thing, though, that what from the EU, um, and then I'll switch back to you, Dan, because I know we're ranting, is uh, that it's my understanding the expanded universe when Palpatine comes back, which he does in the expanded universe as well. He come. He has this giant, really powerful star destroyer, and he also is able to use force storms. <laughs> With that to 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 fuck shit up, and I think if you just had Palpatine come back and he had this like big secret like lost Imperial battleship that was supposedly lost, but no, it's be- it wasn't lost. Palpatine hid out there and was resurrected there, and so you could have this giant, powerful Bismarck-like battleship that is also has weapons that are powered by the Force. So either Force storms or maybe even like that planet busting cannon, but like a powerful dark. Sith Lord has to like put his force power into it to just like zap the planet that way that would have been cool and that also just somewhat makes sense like just have him have one powerful crazy ship with one powerful crazy weapon that also utilizes the force so it's different than a fucking Death Star and also and you're done and also let's let's not let's not forget that for some reason for some reason we're keeping this fleet of like a thousand Star Destroyers each with Planet Busters that are now somehow fully crewed. For some reason, we are keeping them in atmosphere where they can't use their shields. For some reason, for no reason, space is big. So take them out of atmosphere. It. The fact of the matter is, is is that um, when TLJ played fast and loose with tactics a bit, it did it in a way that did create and generate a lot of dramatic tension. This plays fast and loose with tactics and with logic in a way that essentially just is stupid. Like, there is... I I mean, and there are some good moments in this movie, I will admit. Like, when essentially the galaxy comes to their aid, in a better movie where they also square it with the fact that the galaxy doesn't come to their aid in The Last Jedi, that's really powerful. That's really moving. But in this case, it's like, oh, they'll come... And then, I, and then Poe, I guess they didn't come. Which, by the way, Oscar Isaac, you were done so wrong. 
You were the best part of this trilogy. Oscar, Oscar and, Isaac, and, my God. and John Boyega were they both were done criminally dirty. underused. They were done dirty. So was Kelly Marie Tran, but that's another part of it. But those never, two should have kissed. We never learned what... We never learned what Finn wanted to tell Ray. It's Spoilers, we know! Apparently it's he's Force-sensitive, but it... But I... Yeah, I just feel like... Oscar Isaac, who I, to his credit, keeps on standing for it in interviews, should have gotten to have Finn and Poe kiss at the end of this fucking movie. Like, I'm not normally a stripper by any means, but it's a far better love story than anything else that was there, and it would have been cool. Especially Raylo, which we will get to. Oh, fuck that. Back uh, to I, you, while Dan. We are, <laughs> while we are... Um, Sitting in the deliciously evil secret planet of Exegol, might I also add, which is the stupidest goddamn name. Might, 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 might I also note my favorite moment in the movie when uh, Kylo first visits Exegol and is walking through the Temple of Evil. And there is just a tank full of Snokes yeah. sitting in the middle of everything. Uh, as if to suggest that you know, you know, all the other bad guys in the past, maybe even some of the old emperors, were all just clones and pointless husks being controlled by this person on this planet. Just you know, retconning, making you know, making every well, it's because, every moment leading up to this ha- have no impact whatsoever. Right. Well, that's because, well, like I said, <laughs> like I said, JJ did Force Awakens, and he set up all this stuff, and then he was like, cool. I got you guys started. I'm going to peace out. Not even JJ had plans for where all this stuff would go, which is what became right. really obvious here. Uh, and then add on to the fact that you are then trying to follow up after Last Jedi, which throws out almost everything that you set up. Um, has, can we, can we... has everyone here seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Yes. I have. It's a lovely movie. This entire movie, I, I was after the movie ended. I was struggling to think about what this movie reminded me of. And after thinking on it for a while, I was thinking I was showering. I finally realized what I was what it was reminding me of the whole time. I had this vision in my head. And it, do you remember the scene at the end of Scott Pilgrim, where he goes? Spoilers to a movie that's really old that you've all probably seen if you're listening to our podcast here. And you um, should see it, even if we spoil it for you, because yeah, yeah. the experience is wonderful. Edgar Wright. Mwah. This whole movie to me felt like an Edgar Wright movie. If an Edgar Wright movie, but with seven times the plot points of a typical Edgar Wright movie. Yep. But the the ending scene from Scott Pilgrim, where he fights Nega Scott and really. loses, and then he gets a one up. Do you remember this scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to be he fair, grabs the one up. He grabbed the one up earlier. Okay, yes, he grabs the one up earlier. He uses the one up when he dies, basically. And then he goes through like the last like ten to fifteen minutes of plot really quickly. Yeah. Like he walks by somebody's like, Hey, here's the password. He goes there's an elevator, yeah, 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 walks back in, kills like five people, walks away. This whole movie felt like that moment extended over a two and a half hour um a two and a half hour long movie. And then on, on top of that, the the other point I'll make, and then I'll pass it back, is that I, I think to the points you're making about logic, I, I think if you're going to bring logic into it, this whole entire movie is the, the conversation is almost meaningless. Like yeah. this whole movie is so 
logicless. And I, I think it, you, you walk into the theater, you leave your logic at the door, and you have to leave it there for two and a half hours. So, and then you can get it back when the movie's over. It's so, it, so it's tough though. So it's, here's the thing: is I, I want to talk about the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Right. The very beginning of Rise of Skywalker is. New thing, 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 new thing. We're hyperspace skipping. Different place, different place, different place, different place. The very beginning of this movie rushes through everything at breakneck speeds. And the only explanation I can think of for that is to make you shut your brain off. It's to try and get the audience to shut their brains off because you can't process everything it's throwing at you. So that when you get to the second half of the movie... Your brain is already in turned off mode, and then you're, so you can just be like, "Oh yay!" I I so the thing for me with and I mean that's that, that that's perhaps the case. Um, a friend of mine who I saw the movie with uh, was very alerted me to the beginning. Like they edited this a lot like a Marvel movie in terms of like fast cuts, quips, etc. And I'm someone who likes Marvel movies, but that's not Star Wars. Star no. Wars is a lot more deliberately paced. A lot more, a lot more long shots. Pathos uses the music, mu- music cues to great effect. And this thing was more just like boom, 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 and it was just, it was gross. Um, yeah, and, they fly now. It, they fly now. They fly now. Because you know we have to sell more toys. And, 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 and the thing with the too is that there was also there's stuff that they did that just like did not. It's like messed around with emotional resonance. Like mm-hmm. one of the things which I really kind of upset me was is they we, have this the, everything with C three PO and like potentially destroying him was done in a way that was just dissonant within the scene. Oh my god! I will admit, and we should say that Ali, who sadly cannot join us here because uh, I because Ali always just makes us better. Um, but she wanted to say that she thought Babu Frick was the best part of the movie. Um, and I admit Babu Frick is quite cute. Uh, what I will say, though, and it's not this is not Babu Frick's fault. It's the fault of that they decide to, like, okay, I can go find this person, and it could take something out of your memory, but it could possibly destroy you. And so, at first, they're doing this pretty flippantly on his behalf, and then they have 3PO basically choose to do this, yeah. But people have already been talking flippantly about potentially destroying not just their friend, but someone who's essentially been a grandfather figure for to the Resistance everyone. for a long time. And that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. It's yeah. just like, if you're going to do this, it should have been like, but They're... we can't do that to you, 3PO. And then give 3PO his actual dramatic speech, which they did, but they did it after they are like, oh right. yeah, happy jokey, let's fry your brain. So, so that emotional dissonance you're talking about? was one of my huge problems with Last Jedi. Because with Last Jedi, every moment of tension was broken up by something cute or something silly or something fun. See, I, I, I never got the... I, I never got that, got that breakup uh, uh, well, in, in watching TLJ. But, um, but, um, oh, and also, can we talk about how... Oh, no, we've killed Chewbacca! No, he's not actually dead. See, there that, was a second transport. See, that <laughs> shit was also really, really uh, disturbing. <laughs> no, it, it was 
A, that was dumb, but B, the fact that they're able to be really flip with the with the soul, essentially, of C-3PO, but then they're willing to jeopardize an entire mission. These people who are hardened military killers at this point are willing to just do a mission that shouldn't succeed whatsoever to rescue Chewbacca, putting the potential fate of the entire galaxy at rest for the life of one man when they've already asked, C-3PO has already said, I will sacrifice my life for that. That, again, just, like, it destroyed, like, my essential belief. It it also destroyed, you know, my emotional investment in this. This It's like, how can you ask one beloved character to sacrifice himself and then not... It like it, it, and then not and just then also let the... Chewbacca to do it too. Like they should have been like Chewbacca's alive, and but we have to keep on going with this mission. He would want it that way. Right. Like that's that. And let's not forget. No, no, we're gonna ask a third classical character to sacrifice themselves. Wait. Oh, which one was Leia? Right. That was that was more her do it. That was actually done a bit better. And would have been done still, better if they had this... Because that I, I, was her I, doing it on her I own. I still felt their use of Carrie Fisher in this movie was ghoulish. I, was, I would have preferred Carrie Fisher's transport was blown out of the sky or something like that. Right. Like, like I think I'm that the like, way they... I, I, I think that if you don't have... If you don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, I get that I filmed some scenes. I get that this is supposed to be Leia's movie. But Leia's dead. Tragedy happens. Tragedy happens in right. war. Of better... Writer would have really just like redone it in, yeah. in a respectful way, like yeah, put in the death of Princess Leia as something that happens in war and it's sad, just like the death of Carrie Fisher is something that happened in real life and, and is also sad. sad. Like, do that in a respectful wow. way that moves the plot forward. But yeah, I didn't get really much out of the Carrie Fisher scenes because they didn't have enough you, of her. Well, and you knew. You also and knew. You knew. You knew. You knew there was only um, so much that could be done. So, all right, all right. Really quick, I want to talk oh, about some things. There, there's a Dan hand. Oh, What's up, Dan? I just want to also note, um, when you guys, as you're talking about the Chewbacca scene, my favorite leap of faith was when they are attacking Exegol and they go to destroy that communication tower mm-hmm. and it shuts off. And then Finn's character just said, Finn just says, hey, it looks like they shut it off. Also, they probably redirected all of the power to the communications tower on that ship over there. Right. Just a feeling. Just a feeling. <laughs> uh, so, also... All right, all right. So, who would win? A goddamn Star Destroyer full of elite troops in full-on body armor with jetpacks and, and heavy weaponry available to them. Not to mention all the surface embankments and PDCs or close-in weapon systems. Or a ragtag bunch on space horses. The space horses could have been really cool in a different context, man. They could have been, but just like Poe's speech before they go out to 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 take out the fleet, I was like, that was awesome, and I was thinking, my gosh, I just wish this wasn't in a garbage movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, they killed the fat A-wing pilot, who's was sort of a background character, and Poe's really sad about it for like. All of half a second. Also, they um uh they they did bring back um darn uh they did bring back Biggs, which was pretty cool. Yes, I noticed that. No, and especially yeah. since he they apparently wanted him to do the Force Awakens, and he wasn't interested. So and then when they brought back Biggs, brought I was like, I when? wish this wasn't in a no, crap no, they brought movie. Back Wedge. 
It was Wedge? It was Wedge. It's Wedge. Big big size. Right. In Force Awakens. Right, right. They they brought back uh, Wedge. In, in, they, in, oh, in, in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, they brought back Wedge Antilles. And it was like, yes. Yes. Freaking fine. But I wish that was in a good movie. Like, how cool would it have been if they're in this movie, they found Wedge Antilles, like, an alternate version of this movie, they find Wedge Antilles, like, hiding out and or having, like, trained a generation of pilots, and then they have to enlist him to do this one last run. Spoilers, he did that in the the old EU. That would have been sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, It would have been sweet. Well, my understanding with why he wasn't in Force Awakens... Because mm-hmm. when they approached him, he had an alternative commitment. He had another job he was already committed to. Mm. Um, and he was like, I've already signed on to this. If you want me to come back, you're going to need to pay me enough to break this contract. And I'm not going to do it if you only give me a bit part. Mm. That was my understanding why he wasn't in Force Awakens. Yeah. It was well, because he, had a, he was already contracted and doing work that he was in the middle of. Well, I mean, that would... I, either way, it was cool to see him, just like it was cool to see Lando, and I felt that it was just... It, I felt it was wasted. Um, Dan, uh, there's other stuff I'm about to go off on, but what do you what do you also want to talk about? Um, You sort of started to touch on it, um, but the when you talked about how Oscar Isaac and John Boyega's characters were done dirty... Mm. Um, as, among others, I think one problem that I've I've had with the series, even through Last Jedi and some of Force Awakens, is that it feels to me as though um, the storylines of Kylo Ren and Rey are the only ones that really Matter. mean anything. Yeah, and everyone else in the movie just is sort of there, uh, almost for no reason. Yep. Um, Except to be like, and they're just wow, sort of finding things for them to do um, throughout this trilogy, as opposed to, and, and it's really sad because I, 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 like I said earlier, like way earlier, in my like abstract on this is that I think a lot of the, a lot of the beats are really cool. A lot of the concepts are neat. Like, I, I want, I, I want them to explore more about Finn as a oh, yeah. ex stormtrooper, and because you know that's you know, not interesting at all. Right, where he came from, and all 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 those things. Uh, you know, I want to know more about that. Um, I don't really know what Poe is, except a good pilot. But then this movie tells us that he's from this other planet. That he and was he's a got spice this love interest. That he was a spice smuggler because he's he probably a, a Corellian, and because all Corellians are spice smugglers, because Han Solo right. was so like. So why didn't they establish that in the first movie right. to some degree somehow? Because I don't even think the that was really that. in the because uh, I mean, there was no indication for that in the first movie. I mean, yeah. well, but why was well, there? right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I, I wish they would have found interesting story beats and kept with them because they're kind of they feel very useless to me in this. Yeah, in, in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, they the whole thing yeah. with like John Boy like John Boyega's whole deal about um because about his trauma of being a stormtrooper stuff was really one of the best parts about the force awakens. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the stuff with Poe in last Jedi, where like you basically see him being groomed to like, to become the leader he was supposed to be uh, to, to basically lead the resistance. Like he's so suppo- up and uh, until Holdo takes over. 
Right, but Holdo then, also essentially then it's like she puts still puts him in a position where like at the end he's basically learned to be learned to be humble and to uh yes, and to retreat. I love that. Like yeah. you just, I know I know some people don't, but I love that. No, it was like it's basically like because it, 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 what the cool thing about that was is I was taking for me at least was like it was taking Poe Dameron and the fact that he's he's cocky, he's he's handsome, he wants to sleep with the universe, he's Jack Harkness in the Star Wars movies. But then be like, but you know, being a military commander, that's important, but that's not the only thing. And yeah, that, that putting that in there was actually to be quote to be quite effective. Um, but 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 yeah, but then then there really isn't a lot done with it because you cut you sideline he and Finn's stories, so they can't really have much of a satisfied clue. There's basically just random stuff tacked onto it. In this, in, in in Tross, and it's a shame because they were to they were actually in some ways the most interesting parts. Oh yeah, of these I, movies. I felt they, their storylines probably had the most potential. Um, well, okay, I want to. We've been we've been really, really shitting on this movie because it's bad. <laughs> because it's bad. <laughs> because it's so fucking bad. I'd like to take a brief moment and talk about two things. That were for me highlights. I am curious to hear what these are. Uh, so the first uh, was the introduction of our new droid, D Zero. Because as soon as we heard his name was D Zero in the theater, I immediately went, "Ah, you thought it was a new droid character, but it was me, Dio." Jesus. And Jesus. it's the one moment I actually managed to entertain myself. For those uh, who don't know, um, uh, Tristan is. I am the resident to... meme lord. Well, he's referring to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the classic villain in it, Dio. Yeah. Um, not not Ronnie James Dio, the great singer that for whom this Dio after. is named after. Yeah. Um, just just for those who do not know JoJo, um, so you can appreciate Triss's memes. Yeah, yeah. So the Dio. The Dio. Um, after that, I'm like, oh no, this droid's whole purpose is to roll around and say what emotions we should be feeling. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, then the second part I really liked was that we got to see Luke training Leia. It was very brief, but but the fact that we had that moment, I was like, thank God. Thank God that we at least get something to let us know that Luke wasn't a, necessarily a complete fuck-up. At teaching people the force. Because god damn. Um, though it did raise the question of what the hell happened to his green lightsaber. Fair point. What happened to Luke's green lightsaber? Because the light, the second lightsaber we get... Oh, also, for some reason, Anakin's lightsaber is now fixed. In... In... Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Even though, wasn't it ripped in half? At the end of Last Jedi, was it? I, I thought that I remember. I thought I remember uh, Kylo Ren and Rey tug of warring the lightsaber at the end of the Last Jedi, and it breaking in half. Huh. And yet here it is now, miraculously fixed. Um, and then the other lightsaber they get is Leia's, which has a blue blade. But then where the hell is Luke's? Where is Luke's green saber? We never see him use it. Except in the flashbacks before. So we know he recovered it from the Death Star at the end of Return of the Jedi. 
Because he has it in the flashbacks of him training Leia, and he has it in the flashbacks of Last Jedi, him deciding to kill his nephew, which I vehemently disagree with. But we're not talking Last Jedi, so I'll not go on that. So, so we know he has it after after Return of the Jedi. So, where yeah. the hell did it go? I mean, the, <laughs> it's, the, the fact of the matter is that this movie essentially does ignore a lot of stuff that happened with TLG. The biggest thing that it ignores, and what was to me the most disappointing part of it, was the fact that they decided... So, one of the most powerful things to me, as someone who liked the, the, the Last Jedi, was that they determined that, like... Ray, it doesn't have a powerful parentage. That she is just from a, that 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 her parents were yes. drugs, and that you know she and that was actually one of the few plot twists of Last Jedi that I actually really liked. Yeah, because I, I really liked it. Was that no, you're you're nobody. You don't come from anywhere special. Yeah, and I, I, it's interesting to hear this. You like that because I thought that that was also really important for the potential future of Star Wars and what I loved about it because it's like suddenly you are taking us out of this incestuous story. Suddenly you're saying that like force well, power is no longer just going to be focused on these people and like Broom Kid at the end of TLJ, this yeah. is, there is uh, a for the force the the but, the force is potentially truly awakening across the galaxy. And y'all, y'all forgetting Anakin was born a goddamn slave, right? And it's, if and if the Force hadn't basically decided to make him Jedi Jesus, immaculate conception and all, that he probably would have lived a slave, lived a slave, died a slave. No, it's yeah. it, again like it's uh, in many ways it does go back to 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 all the roots of it, but it is a writer. It just like opens up so much more stuff because. The one thing that was frustrating to me and seemed kind of boring about diving into the extended universe was how focused it was, even hundreds of years into the future, on the descendants of Luke. I agree. And uh, and this was like, no, we're not going to do it like the extended universe. We're like, we're going to do a story a few hundred years into the future where a solo is still important. It's going to be about someone else. And then they just decide to be like, from the very beginning, there is more to her than you know. And the second I was officially off that movie train, we was like, you are Ray Palpatine! And it's oh. just like... I was like, no! And it's like, no, fuck! No, God, really? no. Not like really? this. Really? Not like this. I, um, the, the thing I hated about that <laughs> twist is that I knew they weren't really going to do anything with it. Yeah, yeah like, I know. Okay, you have you have Force Lightning, but it's not like you're actually going to turn evil or anything like that. Not. Like it, it's just, There's no reason... For you to be a Palpatine, no, you know I mean? there's it's no just, reason. Uh, for zero point um, zero 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 reason for her to be a Palpatine, right? Um, except were, to appease some people in the fans, or for it to, or maybe because that's what Abrams was maybe thinking at the beginning. I have no fucking idea. A better, a much better twist that is act would actually still be canon with even with Disney's changing would be to make her the granddaughter of Obi Wan. That probably would that have worked, worked a little better. That would have worked a little better. Mainly um, because, like, there's, it's, I mean, does Palpatine, there's, there's no indication that Palpatine ever had a family. Right. Or that he ever, even has any kind of desire for anything. Whereas it's that, there's no real indication that for Ewan McGregor, except it's Ewan McGregor. Oh, no, He's no, no. smoldering. Oh, he no, no, might. No, no, no. So, so in the Clone Wars series, yeah. he has a 
there's a very spicy thing between Obi-Wan and the Chancellor from Mandalore. Are you kidding me? No. He bangs a Mandalore? He bangs a Mandalorian? It is hinted that they have a little something something going on. I mean... And and not just a... Not just a Mandalorian, but like the leader of Mandalore. I, I mean, who's a badass in her own right? Yeah, I mean, um, again, Which I should probably cool. watch the Clone Wars. Um, I've heard Gennady Tar- Tarkovsky is really good. Well, so so there's there's Clone Wars, which is the Gennady Tarkovsky, which is the main thing I'm interested in watching. Then there's the Clone Wars, which is the animated series, which I've seen little bits of, and it did nothing for me. From what I have heard, it gets significantly better. Oh. That it starts off very weak, but gets significantly significantly better yeah um I, I think i need to put in a little perspective because we have been talking about extended universe mm. i never read star wars comics the only books i read were the x-wing series which follows wedge antilles mm-hmm. and luke is basically a non-character yeah um and the thron and the thron trilogy mm-hmm. because the thron trilogy is like like universally acclaimed, it's considered to be really good, it, and it and in my in my opinion, it is really good, um, and that's probably why Thrawn is like the one thing they bring back. In uh, he shows up as a recurring villain in Rebels, which is another animated series, which is apparently canon. Yes, Rebels is still canon. Um, Rebels also, um completely redeems a character from the Clone Wars and makes her takes her from basically just an annoying side character to like a legit badass and so beloved by the community that in Rebels they invent time travel in Star Wars and they use it once and to save her from getting her ass murdered by Vader what? yeah what? <laughs> no, no. So I don't Clone, know how I feel Clone about Wars that. and Rebels is apparently one hell of a trip. And I'm just like, I kind of, kind of want to. What? But I kind of don't. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going like... to watch the Mandal. I'm going to finish the Mandalorian, but like... I may be tapped out of Star Wars until until uh, Rian <laughs> Johnson actually like um, gives me his trilogy. You can't... You can't... You can't tell me that you enjoy inventing the concept of time travel to rescue a beloved character is not an emotional thing or is an emotional thing and then also turn around and tell me you didn't like the scene in The Last Jedi where they hyperspeed through a bunch of ships to destroy them. Uh, I... Well, no, no. <laughs> no, no. So understand, I haven't seen Rebels. My understanding is from what I have heard from people who have watched yeah. Rebels and who yeah, are I... amazed and... Like, are like, like these. So, so my my only. I have not seen Rebels. That I have not that's, seen. That's the not Clone that's Wars. not directed at you. That's directed at, at the fandom. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, but my understanding is that a lot of people in the fandom are like, hold on. Wait a sec. You, bring time travel into Star Wars. Time travel. And you use it to save. A character who hasn't appeared in any movies at all, who is strictly relegated to these animated series, to save that person, instead of 
I don't know. Maybe going back and telling Obi-Wan, hey, maybe you should uh, stick around on Coruscant and be there when... And be there when... Uh, uh, when Anakin... When they go to arrest Palpatine. Look, time travel is a mess of a thing. Even, even in the best be time like, travel stories. Hey, hey, Dooku, guess what? Palpatine's going to betray your ass. So when Anakin's got his sabers by your neck, tell him that Palpatine is the Sith Lord. Just say it in that moment. That's all you've got to do. And you can maybe keep things from becoming a total clusterfuck for the galaxy later. <laughs> Well, Bear, me... Bear uh, I want to I open the floor to you for a couple of things. One, um, Tristan talked about his good moments from the movie, so I want to open it to you to either maybe talk through some of yours, or it sounded earlier like you had a rant you wanted to go down. I'm not sure if you accomplished it yet or if you still had it in mind if you wanted to voice that. So, actually, um, yeah, I will go on the rant. I will say in terms of the things that I did enjoy, I like seeing Lando, even though I felt that they, he, there could have been better stuff done with it i like seeing wedge antilles i did enjoy you know poe dameron oscar isaac's poe dameron is a wonderful character and i got they did him dirty but it was good to see but that was also good to see uh like his 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 big war speech before going off was was pretty awesome uh i think a lot of the other stuff was i mean you know like peep the acting was good like i hated many of the things with Kylo Ren and Daisy Ridley. Um, but they were also both very good actors. Um, Kylo Ren and Ewan McGregor yeah. have to go undergo back surgery for carrying their trilogies. Oh! Possibly. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like the rants, is, is that what I was most excited for, and which is really why even a good version of this would not have made me as, as happy as, as what a... Oh, necessarily totally happy although i think i would have been i would have enjoyed a good version of this movie with proper pacing that like properly transitioned this from the last jedi uh what i would have liked a lot more though was again it would have been a last jedi sequel and what i mean by that is that the last jedi and this is also because after i got out of the movie my friend alex who did not like the last jedi but he posited this, and then I was like, wow, that actually sounds pretty cool. Or at least he posited the beginning, and then I was like, kind of worked off of it. Is that the movie that The Last Jedi expects at is, is a very different movie than this. It's where basically they're running where oh they're running from planet to planet. They're trying to reignite the they're trying to reignite the resistance. They're basically and they're dealing with the fact that Kylo Ren is the main villain and he's slowly but surely consolidating uh, the first the First Order's power. It also is clearly would have to be a movie where like they're the way they get out of this in addition to like making people believe in stuff again and doing whole crazy guerrilla tactics and all that stuff and you're seeing the development of Poe as a commander and uh and seeing him become successful is is that you would also then really lean into the broom kid shit you would lean into the fact that like there are more people becoming force sensitive you're identifying them and then you're enlisting them at, and then you're enlisting them into the fight which it's pretty clear that John, even in this movie, the, the, the oh, I just have a feeling they rerouted it, that one of those Force-sensitive people would have been John Boyega's, would have been John Bo, would have been John Boyega's Finn. And then people were saying, like, oh, with the killing of Snoke, you don't have a clear villain. 
To me, the idea of Kylo Ren as the ultimate villain of this series would have been powerful and interesting, if only because there are some people who just choose to be bastards. Like, it's not just that, you know, like, that redemption is possible for pe uh, for everyone, but it's also not necessarily the case that, like, someone can be redeemed and then they, they could also choose not to be redeemed, which is what he actively did. He chose to become the dictator of this fascist army. And so, like, to me, that would have been a lot more of a compelling and interesting movie. For And that was also another reason why, even though... Uh, the uh, Adam Driver is a great actor, and even though his seems still still sizzled, just like choosing to redeem him in this movie, like left a really bad fucking taste in my mouth because he had been very much built up as an unredeemable bastard who chosen not to be redeemed, and then oh, I just get like a little healing. I talk to my dead dad, and now it's okay to kiss your Nazi boyfriend. Like, no, you are still responsible for, like, the genocide of tons of people. And before well, people and say, like, oh, but Vader, Vader literally saved his son's life and then yeah. died. That's it, what it took. Yes, it was like, seeing his son dying in front of him was what it took a, His for last him. connection to the woman he loved. Made him then kill someone who, by the way, he already was planning to kill, and then he died. His whole life, his whole value system did not change his whole everything didn't change he just decided i'm going to be be a father in this last moment and then die and then it works vader surviving and but just like opens up a whole can of worms mm -hmm. that now like, we're gonna have to put him on trial exactly so it's, it works in that situation trying to trust tessellate it onto this other one just is a mess right and of course and of course they also have to kill off kylo ren at the end Yes, also or because it, Solo. because also it would have been a mess, but it yeah. still, but it just it felt worse because this was just like oh these little things that then takes this extremely ideologically driven person who's young and in the prime of his life and very powered to then make a total one eighty. Whereas previously you had someone who was dying, who was like old at the end of his life and was literally seeing his son die in front of yeah. him his legacy die in front of him and that made him decide okay now i'm going to kill the emperor who by the way in empire he also said yeah let's just get rid of the emperor emperor and then we rule this thing yeah. together he was never loyal to the emperor oh god no um, um anyways dan your thoughts on this man uh yeah no that's a good segue because i was going to talk through some of my favorite moments and I, I yeah. agree i think adam driver has been carrying this trilogy <laughs> from an acting perspective and I also just think, like, I agree, I don't like the, the arc, but I think, like, the character of Kylo Ren still is, like, one of my favorite things, mm -hmm. um, other than other than the Emperor, but I've always loved the Emperor, <laughs> and the Emperor is exactly the same in this one. Um, I, I, I did want to just quickly talk through some of my favorite moments. Of course, um, of course. So, uh, anything having to do with the Emperor was amazing. I loved the the lightning uh <laughs> he shot the lightning through the sky and destroyed like everything <laughs> well except that was he really, pretty awesome except he really didn't he just made it all shut down I know. and then it all started very slowly I, falling I, like really yeah, that, yeah that's I it know. yeah that was that was dumb but I, I just loved what he did in the first place um and just him floating around in that contraption like the crane uh glad was, it up. was 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 
Yeah, it was it was just <laughs> wonderful. Um, I just love the Emperor uh, as a character and Adam Driver's character too. Um, I again, like I think I liked a lot of the concepts better. I really liked actually the dyad stuff. Yes. Um, between Kylo and Rey, I, I think like it was a- that was one thing that I, I thought was a neat addition was the fact that they could like communicate with each other, but also like apparate objects into that were moved yeah within their environment was just was i actually really i when i first started experiencing it i was like "Mm." but towards the end of the movie i realized i I think i actually really enjoyed that bit of it that was a neat neat way to tell a story that is something that i was not terribly jazzed about in the movie but i think in a better movie i think i would have really appreciated yeah i think we should have i think it should have been explored more but like i i I really actually felt it was kind of a neat idea and i think they executed it kind of well kind of well and the mechanics were fine the mechanics were fine it's the idea that uh, basically it's like you're you're it's like quantum entanglement but on the force level of the force right and if you think about if if you're connect like the way i was thinking about it was if you're connected like that basically what you're doing is you're influencing the world around each other through the force and we've already seen the force can move things break things what have you and, yeah. al- and also, I mean, in terms of the Force Dyad thing, like, the way they did it, putting it in with the Ray, with the Ray Palpatine thing basically is basically, like, oh, these are two powerful, like, you know, noble Force houses that then suddenly had their children linked by the Force. But if they'd actually stuck with Ray from nowhere, then in many ways could have also been a really, like, cool thing where the Dyad would have made sense. Because you have someone, like, in the center of power from, who's, like, literally descended from heroes. Right. And then someone... And the furthest periphery from power, who is literally descended from drunks who drank themselves to death, and then suddenly right. there is this connection had, because the force is space Buddhism. Right now, had now if they had gone, so, so here, here's my sense because I had talked about it before mm-hmm. I, how I think a slightly better twist than Ray being a Palpatine would be Ray being a Kenobi. Right would work is if they had if the prequels had done a better job and. And I actually, going back, I've rewatched Revenge of the Sith, and I actually like it a lot more, because I think Revenge of the Sith does what they should have done right in Attack of the Clones. Mm. Um, had there been more of that level of like connection and banter and obvious friendship and teamwork between uh, Kenobi and Anakin, then I think having Rey be a Kenobi... And being connected to a Skywalker in the same way, I felt would have been kind of a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. But this, that's, yeah. but that's two different, if onlys. Yeah. No, there's. I just. Yeah. I, I just think you can look at it as like two people with high force acumen or something connecting. You know, like. It, it, yeah. Th- that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, or, or, oh yeah, like. So are you saying that it's also possible that instead of just being something from when they were born, that's also something that just, like, they... Would they make that connection also form? Yeah. Because that could have also... Or, like, that's also a thing that could have happened. Or that, like, you know, they, they've obviously met up together before. And they know that they're both, you know, strong with the Force or something. So, you know, it's just that simple. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> no, just making it, making it as a meet-cute actually is also kind of interesting. and yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, there is definitely this, like romantic and tension and such um 
smoldering sexual tension. It, 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 it it's there. I mean, there's a reason why like there is a lot of thirst for um uh, for Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. It's just for the you know, I would boy. argue that like just because you thirst for him means that you shouldn't kiss your Nazi boyfriend. You yeah. should stab him in right. the face. All right. Uh. By the way, Tristan, earlier you said that you weren't sure that the Emperor was interested in anything. <laughs> Uh, I think there is something that arouses him, and it's pure, unadulterated evil. <laughs> oh man! Actually, I, think, I, think was, I think that was Barra. I think that was Barra talking about that. But uh, and uh, I was evil being like, like, yeah, evil they, for the sake of evil. There, there, there. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no real reason why. Like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> I mean, Lindsay Ellis was who's uh, who, who's fantastic. Um, you're familiar with Lindsay Ellis, right? Yeah. Uh, do you know her at all, Dan? I believe so. She's a, she she was nostalgia chick, and now she has become more powerful than that guy with glasses could ever. Uh, she does like it's lit oh, on okay. PBS. She's she's one of the oh, better okay. YouTube critics, and she yes, also yes, has a okay, great yeah. Twitter presence. And she was like, "It's like Emperor Palpatine, but now he fucks." And there's like just a yeah. picture of him with his like melty face. And then there's like, so was this <laughs> before or after melty face that he decided to have a family? <laughs> So what's really terrifying uh, is for the ages to work out, it would have to have been after Melty Face. Oh! Yep. Yes, I Because Ray would have had to have been born. Because Ray would have had to have been born after the events of Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Man, you know what? Since this movie was such a garbage fire, how I would have just loved and appreciated a Martin Lawrence and Will Smith cameo. So, 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 all right. So I was having this conversation over this last weekend with someone else, and, like, what I want to... The series I want to see from Star Wars, what I want to see is, like, I want to see other stories. I, w- I want to see the Skywalker stuff shows you, like, left as is. Well, I want to see stuff like, I want to see a sitcom of Luke and Wedge owning an apartment on Coruscant, getting into wacky hijinks. I want a. That sounds like a web comic. That sounds like a web. That's comic. something. Sounds like something you could make. I want just make a, that comic. I want a buddy cop se- crime series set like five hundred years before uh before Phantom Menace, with a Jedi cop. With a with a Jedi and a Corellian cop working on Corellia because we've never seen Corellia. Nah. Solving crimes. Nah. I mean, we know what the problem is that no, nobody else wants to see that. That's like a normal movie going person. And oh no no I'll not quote, as not as movies. Like these are like oh, these are like, like the TV series, series I want to see. Or yeah. now, Barry, you have not seen the last episode of Mandalorian. Correct? I have not seen the last episode. Dan, of Mandalorian. have you seen the last episode of Mandalorian? I have not. I've also not seen any episode of The Mandalorian okay. yet. Uh, we'll bring Carrie so for on those, for Mandalorian or he'll never so, forget So us. for those who are yeah. in the know, I also want to see a web series starring those two scout troopers. Yeah. Like, that's that's perfectly spoiler-free for everyone. You have, If you haven't seen the last episode of Mandalorian, you don't know what I'm talking about, but when you do see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Those two should have their own, like, web series. That would be great. No, I, I agree. Um... um and if you guys really now, now here, here's the other thing from Last Jedi was everyone was talking about how it like uh, subverted expectations mm-hmm. like guys if you want the best subverted expectation 
you need to look at Knights of the Old Republic too. So I've never miners, actually never played either Knights of the Old Republic. So game, so I hear they're great. They're they're awesome. So minor spoilers for Knights of the Old Republic two. There's a character in Knights of the Old Republic two who is a Sith who has purposefully cut themselves off from the Force and abandoned the Sith Order because they've realized that the greatest enemy in the Star Wars universe, the thing that everyone should set aside their differences and deal with, isn't the Sith, isn't the Jedi, isn't the Mandalorians, isn't the Yuuzhan Bong or anything like that. It's the Force itself. That, that what the sentience of the galaxy should do is team up and kill the force because but, the, but force, the force is good no the force is not so here's where so here's this character's argument the force prohibits free will the worst fate you can assign to anyone in the star wars universe is to be born force sensitive because from the if you were born force sensitive from the moment you are born you are pulled between light or dark your fate is dragged towards one side or the other, or you are stuck spinning back and forth between the two, and, careening around chaotic. And to me, the whole thing with in terms of like you know, the you're, the you're, light and dark po po issue, and the fact that like the Jedi, although they're supposed to be the good guys, are also like canonically kind of dicks. You is mean this, you mean child kidnap a child kidnapping uh, religious sect? Yeah, that, I mean, to me, what was cool about you know the potential last a actual sequel to Last Jedi was is that you know the tree birds, but Ray has the books, and potentially by the end of it, she can act like she creates a synthesis or at least finds a way to move forward that is like that actually begins to maybe stop the stop this like age old pointless like warfare between these two sides, neither of which are actually that decent. Right. Um, so, so and that would have been a cool ending to really any. You could have also done that with Tross too, mm -hmm. to be perfectly frank. Like, but they decided not to do not any to of do that, that sort. Yeah. It's just like, oh, right. Sith so bad, character... destroy them. We've learned nothing. So the character Knights of the Old Republic, mm -hmm. their their stance is basically, as long as the Force exists, you will have light and dark existing, trying to find a balance. However, the hell it can, even though that's basically impossible. Mm -hmm. And if you think about think about it, every major galaxy-spanning conflict we have seen that has resulted in the deaths of thousands or millions or even billions of sentients in the case of things like uh, the Sith War from Knights of the Old Republic has all been because of the, the sort of galactic balance t tipping back and forth mm -hmm. like a seesaw. And again, so if you're born Force-sensitive, you have two options. You can either shut yourself off from all emotions, basically, to the best of your ability to try and stay on the light side, or you have to give in to your emotions, which will only pull you deeper down into a spiral towards the dark side. You're fucked either way. Mm. You like, like, the Force prohibits you from living a healthy lifestyle, an emotionally healthy lifestyle, if you are Force sensitive. So this character's stance is basically, no, no, no. For the good of every sentient in the galaxy, we need to destroy the Force. Because what, what's the 
plus side to the force. I mean, the plus side to the force. The plus side to the force is you have a few jackasses who can run around and move stuff with their brains. I mean, I think the actual plus side to the sport force, if you're talking about like you know the way it's talked about spiritually and stuff like um like Maskinada and stuff, is that it, it binds people together. It is like it's the kind of like the collective unconsciousness. It is uh, it, weird it, it, that it, the force that's supposed to bind people together is also responsible for the most terrible and bloodiest wars the galaxy's ever seen. I mean, it's like it, it, it's like any religion, though. It's like it can create cohesion and it can create um, uh, and it can feed our better instincts. But anything that also brings people together can also be used to unite them to do horrible things as well. Just like say fandoms. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes, and he nails the three pointer. Oh, that's well done, Tris. Well done. So I have a theory. That is, that is a good hype right there. So I have a theory that uh, no fandom is toxic, but that human beings are toxic, and that when any fandom grows to a certain size, the toxicity level just increases naturally. To I the don't point know. Where every Dude, fandom small will be... groups can get really fucking toxic as well. Oh, man. they can as well. But any, but, but my current running theory is that any group, when it gets large enough. Just because human beings are naturally toxic becomes toxic. Yeah, I, I can get I can I can get behind that. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts, my friend? <laughs> um, I'm just uh, on the on that specific point, or just any other thoughts I have. Any other thoughts you have, or on that specific point? Um, you know, just like passing the talking stick. Gotcha, the talking stick. Um, the talking. Uh, I don't really have. I, I'm going through. I had a bunch of notes before we started. Um, we've covered almost all of it. Um, I, I did want to just, as I was talking through some of my favorite moments or the good moments from the movie, we touched base on it earlier. Oh, oh, here's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, if you were interested in going back through the KOTOR series, the Knights of the Old Republic series, mm -hmm. um, I will also tell you that the original game was made by Bioware. Nice. I've heard it's their finest the, hour. And the second one was made by Obsidian, who just made the Outer Wild, the Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah. Wow! So this is just like no, they are high level. They have a yeah one hell of a of a pedigree. And then, as a quick aside, that has is completely meaningless to anybody listening to this is um, the Outer Wilds, not to be confused with the Outer Worlds. I did find out is a Game Pass game. Oh. Um, I just wanted to let you know about that, Barra. So as as I continue my as I continue my um. My my quest to let everybody know about the outer or outer wilds. So I should play the outer wilds then. I uh, I would recommend it, but I'm being one of those annoying people who's recommending it profusely, like a lot of other people on the internet. I mean, but that, yes, I would recommend. That's it. That's fair. And to be clear, Dan's speaking about the outer wilds, not the outer worlds. The outer worlds we talked about in our previous cast, yep. and we all loved it. Like yep. there was like uniform love, which is like the opposite of this. In being. other. In other uplifting gaming news, oh, uh, there is a good chance that the PlayStation Five will be fully backwards compatible. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. I and I mean fully. What? There's a good chance that the PlayStation Five will be able to play PlayStation One, Two, Three, and Four discs. Wow, that'd be great. That would be. Amazing. I can play Final Fantasy Tactics again. <laughs> play, play Final Fantasy Tactics again. Um, play Valkyrie Profile again. Uh, play proper versions of Silent Hill two, one, two, and three, rather than the garbage HD 
collection. I mean, I think that that's. I mean, if indeed that's the case, um, I think that would be a powerful selling point to like loyal PlayStation fans. Also, because... it doesn't take up as much space as a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like so, having one system that could play all your games that you've had since the '90s. Um, that's not necessarily the worst thing, especially if you know the consumer you're trying to sell it to is you know like people our age. Mm-hmm. So, just because I'm the one who started this, started us down this path, I'm going to cut cut us off. Yep, of course, it's yes. my own fault. Yes, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry. I just had I'm good sorry. news. I wanted to share it after all this down. Yes, mm-hmm. down yes, next. but I, no, I'm I'm just acknowledging that I brought us down the video game yep. <laughs> rat hole, we're gonna, we're and I am. We're going to switch the tracks Taking back. Taking accountability and switching the track back to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, good um, job. Yeah. Uh, the only other question I had, and maybe this is a good closing one, uh, unless do either of you have like any other final thoughts you wanted to make Yellow about Yellow is it? the worst Star Wars, uh, the worst lightsaber color for Rey. I, I thought the gold saber was kind of neat, but again, like so many other things that I thought was kind of cool... It's just fucking... It's wasted in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, what well, what color would you have preferred Ray to use? Uh, no, Ray, Just from her personality? No, she'd be using a blue one. Yeah. No, uh, blue worked pretty pretty nicely. Well, especially because... So, so in the new canon, uh, lightsabers are basically mood rings. Oh. Is where a lightsaber's color comes from is you attune... Is now, in the new canon, is a Jedi attunes to the crystal, and the crystal changes color based upon that Jedi's connection with the Force. Interesting. That's the new canon. Rather, whereas beforehand it was, no, there are just crystals with different colors. Interesting. And so if you want a green lightsaber, you go out and you find a green lightsaber crystal and you just slam it in there. Um, <laughs> and traditionally, and I believe this is still canon, the yellow sabers have been traditionally been used by uh, the Jedi Temple Guards have used yellow and there's a third class so so there were sort of three paths jedi took back when the temple was a still thing mm-hmm. you had um you had guardians mm-hmm. who were like obi-wan kenobi and anakin who were sort of the the ones who went out and did got shit done mm-hmm. right and they were traditionally given blue lightsabers mm-hmm or would attune to blue because they're the because that's their but like like if you're the sort of Jedi who's going to go out and make the galaxy a better place, you're going to tune blue. Yeah, uh, there was Consular, which was green, and the idea was that the was that the Jedi who focused more on introspection and deepening their understanding of the Force and sort of the pursuit of wisdom and enlightenment would go green. Mm. And then there were the Arbitrators. And the arbitrators were the Jedi who wouldn't tell you they were Jedi. Mm. They were the sneaky ones. Mm. Um, and so the the arbitrators were the ones who would go, were the Jedi who would say, would say go undercover, and work with work with police forces or security forces to say, uncover drug rings. Mm. So they were the they were the sneaky Jedi. They were the Jedi you didn't see coming. And from Ray's personality, she does not fit that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, again, it's, a, it, it's just like the, the whole... I mean, yeah, the mood ring thing is cool, but it's also, it's also like, new and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, like... So, yeah, no, like, 
that makes sense that that doesn't necessarily work if that you right in terms if, if of that's mechanic. what we have seen associated with yellow all this time no no for sure it's just yeah. uh, again like there th- there's on the one hand I do feel like this is a movie uh, like Star Wars is a series that like when it was when it's been at it's, its best it hasn't had central planning but on the other hand in a world where like more and more we like to basically know everything about its universe and with Star Wars where we kind of basically asked for that accountability about its universe and so like things were built in into the EU and now with this um, we kind of are asking we've kind of asked of Star Wars a type of world building and comprehensiveness that it never right. really that it was not designed to do it was designed right. like even the structure right. of a Star Wars movie is an overarching arc it's like things happen right things ha- like uh, there, there's no foreshadowing in Star Wars none of that it's just like like life stuff happens and then more stuff happens and then you die or you keep going hold on um... right we weren't in the in the early 80s we weren't like you know, arguing about salacious crumbs motivations as a character or something like that. I mean, you know, I think we were just the, enjoying th- Return of the Jedi. I think the fandom may have been doing that to a degree, <laughs> which is how the EU was created. But that's yeah, not what was, yeah. that was not an influence on the, those movies. Right. So, so here's the thing. Um, so, is, is that with something like Star Wars, though, you've had like 30 years of people being licensed to write and expand the universe Mm -hmm. and here's the thing is that there is actually a person whose job it is is to keep track of all of this stuff and to make sure things don't contradict each other or go super against the grain right yeah this guy's pablo fidalgo you should pablo hidalgo yeah uh is an employee at lucasfilm who has been at lucasfilm for i think like a, it's a hell of a long time. Um, I think he's been. It doesn't say here, but I think he's been with Lucasfilm for like at least twenty years, and his job was to keep track of everything that got added to the universe mm. from every source mm. to make sure it all would mesh and line up. Or could make sense if you changed something. Mm. So, and so he was basically a go-to for anyone writing anything for Star Wars. Right. And that's why, for, and that's probably a big reason why, like, Star Wars has had all of this extended universe stuff that people follow so closely. Because there was someone actually keeping track of it all. Yeah, and making yeah. sure it worked. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm not, and again, like I said, like I said, I don't know enough EU to necessarily say either way how effective having a czar, a story czar, there was or not. Well, not even, not even the czar. He didn't have any override potential. Mm. He just kept track of everything. He kept track of everything. Mm. So if, say, you were writing a Star Wars book. And yeah. you needed to reference, like, okay, um, is there a sect of Jedi who did stuff, like, incognito? Yeah. You'd go to him, and he'd be like, yes. this. So, uh, this is what we've established they've been called in this, this, and this, have which have followed it. Uh, so you should use that or look into those books to see mm. what other authors have done with it. You know, this... So you essentially, he was the Lucasfilm's library of lore librarian. Right. Nice. Um, 
And again, like I said, the I think the biggest mistake they've made in this whole thing, apart from not having setting out with a plan at the beginning, was throwing out everything from the expanded universe and not going through and picking out the best pieces to use and adapt. That's because that's how you would have won really won over the long term fans. Was was taking things that they know and using them in new and creative ways. Mm. I mean, for me, I think the main just to sort of like my closing thought is like I I think that the most necessary thing was really just to was to have uh, was was to, to was to pretty much just like have the courage of your convictions when you when making this next movie. Right. In that, whereas, like you know, if you're and give... they set out to try and please everyone, and in the end have disappointed everyone. Exactly, they did it. Yeah, this is not a movie that I think pleases people who like the like the expanded universe. It's not a movie that pe- pleases people who like love Force Awakens and hated TLJ. It certainly doesn't please TLJ fans. I don't even think it really pleases people who are mad at TLJ. It's like because it's not a well-made movie. No. It's not a well, it doesn't fit well with what was beforehand and as its own thing it's a mess. Yeah. Uh, it is it is not the ending this IP has deserved. No, it's a terrible ending, especially when like the previous ending Jedi actually was a nice it's a satisfying mess. ending. Except you know what? The music for that ending is the Yub Nub song. Yeah. Fuck all y'all with anything with, with that whole other genre that's no, like no, it's no. Yub Nub. They're singing a, and they're they're but, and, and they're like but, but playing it, drums. It's great. But Burr, it's okay because in the next movie he did, John Williams redeemed himself by giving us his magnum opus, Duel of the Fates, which is in what? Uh, Phantom Episode Menace. One. It's a, oh, gosh. it's the song. Like that one. That one. Yeah, actually that is actually John Williams has always been good. He's always been good. Yeah. That, that may be one of the best. Like. Like if you if you take a look at any of the songs in all of Star Wars that don't use the main theme or a variation thereon, because the main Star Wars theme is amazingly well written. Well, it's just gas. Well, the, well, the well the original Star Wars theme was written specifically so that you can change it up and get mm. different emotional beats out of the same tune. Oh wow! Like they specifically, like John Williams sat down and was like, "This needs to be a main theme that can be at once." Can be once uh, loud, heroic, or slow and sl- slow and sad. So, uh, I yeah, and the main Star Wars theme is amazing. Although I will submit that my favorite John Williams the- score theme is still the Superman theme. The Superman theme is just like well, that's that, for me. That thing has been used so long, and it is such a perfect accompaniment to its source material yeah it's, it's superman it, it nails all the emotional um it, it manipulates all of your emotions to be what they those emotions should be inspired by superman i've actually i think i've seen someone did a cut of like the new bad henry cavill superman stuff but they put the um uh the the super bad theme over it and it's gas <laughs> or like how like the definitive version of the batman theme started with Batman the Animated Series. Started with Batman the Animated Series, basically. Well, what Batman the Animated Series took the initial theme from... It was the first Batman movie. Yeah, Danny Elfman's one. Danny Elfman took Danny Elfman's Batman theme and then 
I think perfected it with Batman the Animated Series. I mean, that's that's the best version of it. Um, God, that series is so good. The first episode is awful, but that series is so good. Well, we're getting off base. Yeah. Dan, what did you want to say about, about Tross? Uh, I think I've spoken my piece. I, I don't really know that I want that I need it yeah. to say anything else. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I've spoken my piece as well. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad I saw that movie before January 1st. Because I can't imagine how much worse things would be right now if I had started the new year with this movie. Ouch. Like, if the first thing I did in this new year was see this movie, and then everything else happened, just be like, oh, nope, nope, this is it, this is the last year. Yeah. This is going to be the last year of humanity. Uh. Anyone, anyone else have anything else to add? Please, God, don't blow up the planet until after March so that I can at least play the Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just, just hold off. Is there off, anything, Tristan? Hold off, you know, planetary annihilation until I, we can at least, at least play the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, Tristan, is there anything that you want to promote at all? Uh, so last time I talked about my Twitch channel. I'm still trying to get it up and running. Uh, I've learned there is a much, much much deeper side to all of the Twitch like channel plugins and materials and stuff than I thought. And I, I'm definitely overthinking this. I should probably just start streaming. Um, yes. But I'm the sort of person who's like, I want to at least know a fair bit about what I'm getting into. And, oh god, there's a lot to Twitch. Um, but... Either way, you can still check me out if you want to see what I start doing. Uh, I'll probably start doing The Witcher 3. will probably be what I start with. Oh, sweet. Nice. I re-downloaded I, it. We might want to do a cast on that, even if it's old, an older game, because it's popular again, and I started playing it too. So, Because yeah. uh, I never finished it. Because Witcher 3 came out the same time as Fallout 4. Mm. And I had to pick one. I never played The Witcher 3, but I hear it's And the you best. chose wrong. Basically. Well, so so in my defense, I had a history with Fallout, because I played Fallout 1 and 2 as a kid, and 3 as a teen. <laughs> and I did not have a history with The Witcher. Yeah. In my so, defense, Sorry, Barra. No, I, I've heard Witcher 3 is an amazing game. Um, I could definitely start playing it, because it's... Yeah, although, my gosh, does it seem like a time commitment? Isn't oh, it like 150 is, is a time hours commitment. or something in it? It's it's not quite JRPG length, um, but there's a lot you can do in that game. There's a lot to be done in that game. I, I don't want to get too off track, but I will say that I think the big thing with me in this one is the story is the writing is really good. Yes, to me, like every every little quest you do, like it could be just like you if you could just walk off the side of the road somewhere and find somebody and initiate in the side quest that has more depth than most main storylines in a Nintendo oh, yeah. game or something like and, that. You know? and, we'll tie, like... and it'll tie into at least two other side quests. Right, yeah. Wow. Um, but anyways, anyways, so if you want to see what I do and stay up to date with that, you can check me out at the, mil- at the underscore millennialist <laughs> at Twitch. Nice. What are you working uh, on? Barra, do you want to promote anything? Uh, sure. I, I guess I'll promote first. Um, just as always, uh, please take a look at the Daily Hampshire Gazette newspaper. That's the newspaper I write for. I don't do a gaming stuff. I just cover local news, and it's important that uh, people continue to support your local newspaper 
or if you feel like being really nice, you should get a Gazette subscription, even if you're not in the area, because that helps us to continue uh, being, the, being the civic watchdogs that we are, and to have the actual arts coverage, which we have a good arts team on, and uh, also keeping me employed so that I could do things in my spare time, like uh, do this podcast, as opposed to uh, fighting crime in the night. Now, Barrett, now Barrett, do they have a team of college interns who can deliver my subscription to me to at my house that is about two and a half hours away from here? No, but it costs $99 for a whole year of digital content. Okay. It's actually not the... It's actually an insane value. Uh, I will promote this. Um, so uh, if you want to watch or listen, or rather watch, you can't watch any of these. If you want to listen to uh, spoiler casts, you can find us on iTunes. Um, Spotify. Spotify, thank you. Uh, Stitcher. And on our website, spoilermedia.net, mm-hmm. um, where you can also find links to those other, you know, the I- direct links to the iTunes and other links. You can find some reviews that we've done and other writings. Um, I just tooled, retooled the website a little bit. So it's a little bit easier to navigate to the spoiler casts and remove some of the fluff. Nice. Um, yeah, very minimal changes, but um, check us out, spoilermedia.net. And then looking ahead, uh, I think what I'd really like to do with the group is um, we typically do uh, a video game wrap-up for the, the year. That's probably coming up soon. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Some Game of the Year award stuff. Allie will rejoin us for that, I think. Um, we might do a Witcher one because it sounds like a few of us are playing The Witcher Three, but I can't promise that. Yep. Um, I have also watched all of the Netflix series. I have. Yes. I've um, I have also watched all of the Netflix series yeah. as well too. And for all of you out there who are thinking about it, the first episode is the worst episode. Yeah. No, I'm glad you said that because it gets it, it's so much better. I like. I nearly didn't watch it after that first episode because it's just it's not that it was offensive it was just like I didn't understand what was going on I had no emotional connection but then episode 2 comes in and the second Yennefer comes in and I haven't played the games I'm not even like a Yennefer fanboy but like her character and her actress just like nails it oh she nails it okay I'm in let's go let's go Yen let's figure this out and and for anyone who wants to get into that series I will say you really should pay attention you gotta pay attention uh, because this season does a lot of time jumping mm. sometimes within the same episode <laughs> mm. yeah it's 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 they, there's a number of bold creative choices in the witcher series uh the, the the tv series i don't know some of them succeed some of them fail but by the end of it you get the it's a good it's a good show and you appreciate the ambition and you appreciate they were trying to do that you appreciate they were trying to do something yeah where yeah. it doesn't work is it because they were like lazy or cynical it's because they jumped and like a cat trying to get the ledge they just missed it well it sounds like we've got maybe a couple more sounds like there's enough interest we might have a couple episodes on that and then maybe one on the mandalorian with our friend carrie who hasn't been on a, a few episodes yeah because and... we also should talk about the mandalorian aka like the Mord- one sort of bright spot of star wars at the moment no i mean like there's there's a lot of good content look content that we could spoil and i'm looking forward for our for our four fans including i see you 643 in saginaw michigan you're gonna get some good stuff this year <laughs> there, there, I don't know if there's a fan in Saginaw, Michigan. I was just creating some random person. That's right. We totally don't know if that there is a 
Bob Frost <laughs> from <laughs> Saskatchewan, Wisconsin. If there's anybody out there, it would be nice if you tweeted at the account. <laughs> at Spoiler Media. Yep. Please tweet at Spoiler Media. Let us know who you are. And also what you want us to do, because we're we, we're, right. we're not paid to do this. We we don't have yeah. corporate sponsors. We, we pay. We pay. We pay to, we pay pay to, to do, do this. this. <laughs> but if enough of you people in the beautiful heartland of the Midwest well, decide to listen, we do maybe you. just maybe it will cover our costs. We do this for you. Yeah, <laughs> ourselves. This is all for you guys. Well, and for sure. Yeah, we do it for ourselves. So let us know what you want to see. This is this is true. Yeah, please please our, let us our, know. Because our interests are only dictated by our own crazy whims, not the uh, crazy <laughs> whims of corporate overlords. Very, very, very true. Uh, All right, y'all. Happy 2020, everybody. Happy 2020, everyone. Get, for, get ready for some spoiler-astic goodness coming your way. Right. <laughs> awesome. Until next time, I'm Dan. I'm Tris. Uh, I'm Barra. It's been real. See you soon. When me and Avelino used to make tracks Live and die in the LDN and ends is mad She's crazy Trappers and a whole family in the same damn flat Eve trying to get a salary while Adam out here licking shots to the cats Don't let Ships on a Friday pulling up a J-Bob's gaff Two-two gal getting moved by two-two man Come off the decks if you can't mix it's not happening More time gunshots in the air like ba 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 mad Book smart with the bars but I never learned that from school 16 doing up radio sets, I'm spinning up all them fools. Spinning up, spinning up, hey. Times I will get home late to my mumsy's crib. Simbi, who you with? What have you done? Where have you been? Shit. Tears in my eyes, real tears when Ken got nicked. Tore everyone apart, but the law don't give two shits. Don't give two fucks. Just another black boy in the system, do a time it been. True. But he had a heart for the gold, good intent with a smile so big. Oh, he did. We used to have dreams of getting out of flats. Playing PS2, Crash Bandicoot, Mortal Kombat. Master my flow like Dizzy and Buster. Legends. And one day buy real weed from a Rasta. Sticking down baby hairs way before Insta. Way before Times Insta. when I had a dummy in my chain all for one little pose in a picture. Snap, snap. Yeah, never wanna start putting them trees.